When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Uplifting Impact Podcast. I'm Justin Ponder, Chief Information Officer with Uplifting Impact, and I'm excited to be hosting you today as we dive deeper into our journey to make the world more diverse, equitable, and inclusive. Today, I'm very excited to be talking with Andre Nellums. Andre is a human resource leader with more than 20 years of HR experience. Andre enjoys creating and being a part of a work environment where the sense of belonging is true and honest. He is bold, fun, direct, and transparent. Andre is a native of Seattle, born and raised on Beacon Hill. He is one of those self-described proud nerds that likes roller coasters, tennis, comic books, sci-fi, and travel, especially to Las Vegas and the Caribbean. Oh, and he is a foodie who loves to explore places and try new things. Andre Nellums, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled and excited to be here. Thanks for being here. So the question that we'd like to ask all of our guests first off, and a lot of people out there listening like to know first and foremost, what brings you joy? Well, thank you for that. You know, I actually love that question because I think joy is essential to one's life. What brings me joy are three things. And I actually speak in threes. So forgive me. <laughs> it's my thing. It's kind of my, 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 uh, my trademark. Um, three things bring me joy. Number one is my family. I come from a very rich and proud family. When I say rich, I mean rich in love and uh, acceptance and understanding. Growing up in my family, we fed the neighborhood. We uh, supported everyone around the block. That's how I grew up. That's all I know. And so that brings me much joy. My family is just amazing for example, 20 of us have traveled. There's over 20 of us that traveled on cruises together. Ooh. So you see a big, you see a big group of people. That's the um, Nellums. <laughs> loud and uh, coming in. That's that's my family. Uh, All right. I'm very proud of that. But they just bring me joy. They've always supported my career, who I was authentically. The second thing that brings me joy is, is my purpose. Um, I'm an HR professional. I found my purpose uh, 20 years ago, and I could not have uh, found something that's better fit for me. And I started at the bottom, uh, even with a master's degree, there are two of them, and all the certifications in the world, I still had to go from the bottom up. And uh, that brought me joy because I love this profession. Um, so I didn't mind starting at the bottom to come on up to where I'm at today. And then finally, finally, the last thing that brings me joy is anytime I see someone succeed, I have a passion for success uh, with other people. I like to see people do well. And mm -hmm. so that brings me utter joy to see someone else uh, to succeed. And so those are the three things that bring me joy. And I think the next question dovetails nicely into that wanting to see other people succeed. In your bio, you mentioned that you want to ensure companies keep the human in human resources. So our listeners would love to hear how you encourage this in your work and how they can implement it 
and implement these same strategies? Sure. So, you know, one of the things that happens in business is we often, sometimes we go forward and we think about the output of a product or service. We think about how this should be, and we forget about the person who actually has to do the work to get there. And so <laughs> it is critical important that nothing happens, even in automation, even if you're doing machine learning or, or uh, new, new age technology, there has to be a human element there because human beings are either the recipient of it or they are the, 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 the beginning of it. And so one of the things that I try to do is ensure that as we think about policies, practices, procedures, uh, work, we put the human in that. An example of that would be a lot of companies are going are returning to office during these pandemic times. And one of the elements of return to office is, have you thought about human beings? If I've had to deal with my children over the last 18 months, 19 months <laughs> in, in school, and now yeah. all of a sudden you're talking about you demanded demand that I come back to an office, I got to, and the school is not open or there's a hybrid schooling system right. or something like that, you have to put the human in that and create policies, procedures that are for today's time and today's human beings. And if you do that, what you get out of there is you get productive human beings that come to work and do the work that you need them to do. So I can go on and on about this, but I make tangible policies, practices, and procedures that actually impact people in a way that allows them to come to work to do the work they do. And that's what I mean by putting the human in human resources. You don't take the human out of it. You right. put it in there, right? We have right. to adapt to today's times uh, and make sure that people can actually come and do the job you're asking them to do. Yeah, thank you for that. And how would you recommend putting the human in human resources when it comes to like diversity, equity, and inclusion practices? How do you see the two relating? So one of the 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 the, the relation there is is really a north star for for me, which is a sense of belonging. As we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion, diversity it kind of met, looks at you know transactionalness of the of, of this space. It talks about, you know, how many black and white and gender and everything else and the, what are the numbers and it gets numbers, kind of right. transactional, not mm -hmm. transformational. Um, mm -hmm. And then people say diversity of thought, diversity of this, but that when you go down that pathway, you kind of, that can be tricky. Right. Uh, equity is your hammer, right? It, it's fairness. Uh, equity is your, is uh, are we doing things in a fair way? Can we all come to the line the same way? I tell people all the time in equity, you think about it from, uh, we just had the Olympics. Think about it from the 100 meter dash. If the 100 meter dash, people start at an equal line. However, let's say for example, you put the Italian dude who who, who, who won, let's say you put him three meters back and you put another person two meters back, that, then he wouldn't have won, he would finish last because right. it's in seconds, right? Equity makes sure we all get to that line the same. And then your inclusion, how are we including you at the table, all that kind of things. Belonging, if you put the human is that North Star, how can I be uniquely me and come into the organization and per, and, and provide value and my skills and strength while I'm me? I want to fit right. in while I stand out. That is the... <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, then what are the complications? Like, how do you put the human back into human resources and allow people who maybe aren't at that level for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, where they're reluctant, they're resistant. They've heard some things. How do you get enthusiastic support more than just kind of passive compliance? How do you get enthusiastic support from people who maybe have been misinformed, received some disinformation, and think that this harms them, that it's a zero-sum game? How do you Love it. humanize them? 
Yes, I love that. That is that is absolutely critical. In fact, in my current company, we, we just did a survey and that came out. I'm a, a white male and we have a focus on BIPOC and women into roles. And now I feel like my career is going to be, you know, jeopardized because I'm not in that in those communities or we should only look at skill set. We should never look at anything else. We should only look at the most qualified. We should never look at anything else. All those things happen when you don't have the information. So the, the first thing to do is to get is to really understand, and particularly for you, for HR professionals out there or anyone out there in this space and you're new, the first thing is to get context. One of the most important things to do is to actually measure what the what what your folks are actually thinking. Even though I've been doing this a long time, the first thing I did was when I got here, I actually uh, spoke to people uh, around the company and scheduled proactively my own. I, I have spoken to over 400 people in my company so far, wow. uh, just individually talking about this space and talking about what this is and getting their thoughts on it, asking mm -hmm. questions about how they think and what they think about it. Simple questions, no complex things. And then I did a survey. We did a survey of the DEI team here. And that survey really, uh, uh, and we asked really specific questions and really deep questions to really get an understanding. I recommend it. It, get, it, it gives you uh, a base model uh, of where people are at to, so that you understand. And then you know how to, where to go. The next thing to do is really uh, around that educational piece is for them to understand what this really looks like. And how you do that is you got to start at a one-on-one, like school. You right. got to start at the one-on-one level. You can't go 301. Sometimes what we do is we go to 301. We want everybody, we want, we get heady and we get all <laughs> kind of, you know, we, we, you know, we do all that. That doesn't work with the, right. you got to start at the bottom and tangible daily practices that will help build. So first thing you do is understand, is explain the why. Why are we doing this? Why do we focus so much on, on, uh, people of color and uh, gender or whatever that demographic is that's underrepresented. What does upper underrepresented mean? And mm -hmm. why do we care? Like all those elements is where you start. And the other thing you start doing is you do it through data, which is critical. And right. you also do the thing when your organization through, um, um, you adapt to that organization. So for example, at a job that I had previously, I went to the leadership with all my passion points and they looked at me like this, and right. so none of them really cared about what I what I stated. So I thought, right. well, that was a failure. So what I did next was I'm talking to business people. Okay, let me let me change this. So what I did was a pyramid. I showed property ownership mm. from 1776 to 2019 and how that impacted communities. Right. right at 1776, only a few white men can have property. Not even all white men can have properties. Right by 1876, white men can have properties, but not women. Right. right. And I just went through that portion to show how communities were impacted by decisions made in the past and why it was important for them to be on board. When I did that, 100 percent support. They were all like, oh, that makes sense. This is, right. you know, so you have to learn how to adapt uh, and, and with the community that you're dealing with. I use specific language uh, to build that. So words like community. Right. Uh, uh, words like togetherness. Mm -hmm. uh, are, are critically important. Your language matters. Start yes. slow and start low. And what I mean by that is don't start up, up heady. Right. Start tangibly. And when you do that, you'll start to build the momentum of people who are going to, uh, um, um, uh, you're, you'll move over people who have an open mind and heart to be moved. The people that are not going to be moved, no matter what you do, that's not your target. 
Right. They're never going to be moved. And that's not what you focus on. You focus on the grand scheme of things of, of what you need to do to accomplish it and to move the needle, to move the needle forward. And that's really where you focus. I don't focus my time on people who are always going to have a, a, a problem with what I'm saying, no matter what data, what I show, what I do. That's not my focus. My focus is really around making sure that people understand this is the, our goal is this. We right. want to be in a company where all of us can come. And right now that is tilted. So I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm trying to re-tilt that back here. Right. Yeah. And that's really what, what you want to focus on. Thank you for that. And you mentioned like kind of multiple industries that you've been in and now you're in the healthcare industry. So being that you work in this particular sector, why is it important to improve efforts around DEI for not only the employees, but also for patients and communities and their families and everyone else? You mentioned that as well. That is really why I came here. When I when I took this, one of the reasons why I came here, when I took this job, I actually was going to go to another of uh, 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 one of the Fortune 500 companies. I got a really good job offer to go to a local company here in the greater Seattle area that everyone knows. I know. mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but when I found out, when I got the call to come here, that really was one of the areas that spoke to me. <clears throat> the interesting thing here is this. Personal, we uh, at Accolade, which is my company, we have launched into personalized healthcare because healthcare is personal. Right. Our healthcare industry really has failed many of us. If you think about it from this angle, when you have a personalized healthcare model, you really target me for me right. and what my needs are. Uh, from the DEI perspective, communities of color, LGBTQIA plus communities, uh, particularly transgender uh, uh, people of color, have a horrible uh, time when it right. comes to healthcare. Diagnosed, people don't treat us with the respect. All I mean, you go on and on and on and on. And the, the key there, I think, that from diversity is ensuring that, one, we are treated with the respect that we are listened to when we tell you we have issues, that they're, they're diagnosed correctly, that we also, within our own communities, begin to lower the stigma of things like mental health. Yes. Which is critical and important. You know, being, just to be quite frank, as an African-American, I can remember a time when you mentioned I'm going to a doctor because I need to see a psychologist, psychiatrist or something. Like, what? Mm -hmm. The heck is wrong with you? You better go in there right. and get that, go to that Grid job. It out. Exactly. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you don't have time for, you. This you have time for that. Right. <laughs> or you better well, get that, to church, right? <laughs> right. You better get, exactly. You better go talk to the Lord about that. Yeah. What's wrong with you? So, well, you know, the Lord provides people with skills that will help you deal with right. mental health, right? So, right. so there's two sides to that and why DI is so important in this and that it it is and is, is that the health industry needs to really understand who they're work dealing with as a human being. And that including us in, ter in terms of what we need as a population, particularly people of color, BIPOC communities, LGBTQIA, women, uh, women's health, all the different elements, veterans who are coming, uh, veterans, all the different persons within communities, they need something that is, that is personalized to them to really help here in these spaces. And uh, so you gotta do that with some level of empathy, understanding, mm -hmm. You got to do that with some expertise. You got to you got to do that through really understanding the community that it's in. If you're in some of those some of those some of, of, of our worst or most impoverished neighborhoods, mm -hmm. the health the health crisis is so um, critical because they don't go seek care until right. it's life uh, threatening because yeah. they can't afford the care. Right. So we that's that's what we're talking about, right? And that's why in healthcare is so critically important. We don't have universal health care. 
it is so critically important that we think about this from a different angle in order to help with communities who, who are highly impacted uh, by chronic diseases, mm-hmm. uh, diabetes, and all these other elements that make it more difficult to really live your best life uh, as a human being. And so, and they disproportionately affects our communities, our, our BIPOC communities, particularly black and brown folks um, in those communities, because if you can't get to the care, you don't trust the system, because right. the last time you went to the doctor, they told you a bunch of crap. All that yeah. comes into it. And so we are, I think from a DI lens, I think part of that job externally is to really ensure that we're thinking about it from that person's perspective, mm-hmm. um, not our perspective. And then to tie them into places where they can get the care they need that respects them as a human being. And that's that's the that's the root of it. So now there is kind of like quite a bit of overlap, like your answers that you gave were specific to the health industry. But the last question I have is going really wide. Sure. And of course, a lot of it translates from what you just said to this as well. What advice would you give to leaders, hiring managers, people just starting out in their DEI, they're on a DEI task force, or they're just learning for personal development? What are some of the kind of the broad best practices that you would recommend for anyone? in sure. these situations. Yeah. So I think the 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 first thing is to be very self-aware about where you're at within as you begin your DI journey. Yeah. Self-awareness is critical. Mm-hmm. Um that we all come with things that we have about this. Uh we all come with biases. There's there's a whole platform of biases that I can teach you. I do classes on this of, of bi- you know, bias is real. So <laughs> um we all have them. I don't care who you are. We all have, we all have, exactly, exactly, (laughs) um, educate yourself, begin the process of educating yourself on, um, you know, educate yourself on, on readings that you need to, to build some foundational. There's tons of great readings and books out there that will allow you to get concepts that are, and I could, and I know some, I can recommend some that are just, that are simple learnings. Right. They don't they're not complicated. Don't dive and do complicated stuff that don't that won't really help you understand. Dive into things that give you foundational base modeling that give and, and that truly gives you an understanding. Uh, so self-awareness, learning, growth, learning. The DI space is ever evolving. Yes. It has changed in the last 18 months. George, mm-hmm. The murder of George Floyd changed DEI forever. That one uh, tragic e- uh, event in our history changed DEI. Oh, yes. You got to be ever evolving with it. You got to be right. ever changing with it um, as you go down your journey. Be aware and be okay with setbacks and be okay mm-hmm. that people are, everyone's not going to appreciate the work, the trial, the what you're trying to do yes. on the journey because they don't understand it. And mm-hmm. so you have an obligation for you to gain that understanding to help and move things forward. And the other element I would say is everyone, people talk a lot about this space. We do a lot of talking, <laughs> but the tangible work that it takes to move the needle and change is, is hard right. and you will lose folks when it gets real and leaders on down. And right. that's okay. You know why? Because you are changing things. Yeah. And anytime you change something, that is where you're going to meet your obstacle. If it's really easy, you're not doing it right. <laughs> if it's simple and everybody's like, Woo-hoo, you're not challenging enough. Right. Great area, great example. At my last company, I did a, a, a thing called Creators Conversations, which is mm-hmm. really a deep dive into race at the workplace. I spared no one. 
And um, in that conversation, employers could really begin to understand the why, because mm-hmm. colleagues were telling them of their journey in the work environment, even the colleagues that they've known for a decade. Right. They were like, I never knew that. And yep. so it's a tangible way. Now it's a 301. Remember I said 101 that started that base. Don't start with that. You got to right. get to that. You got to build that up. But it's critical, <laughs> but it's critical. And I say that only to say this. As you go down that journey, you're going to start to see that strengthening of your resolve and what you need to push and do right. as you as you become better self-aware about it, as you continue the education of it, mm-hmm. um, continue the education of that, uh, at that those pieces, as you not get discouraged, this is where your growth mindset kicks in, as you not get discouraged by the work you're doing, um, and then as you begin to move needles. The last thing I will say with this for people who are starting is don't start so fast trying to do a whole lot of things. Don't burn the tree. Take a little time. Focus. Take one or two things that are going to be your areas of target. For me this year, my area of target is belonging. I'm not talking about everything in DEI. I'm talking about belonging. And so my team is really focused on what does that mean tangibly? And so everyone wants me to build a whole lot of crap that they want me to build. Well, I'm not building all that. What right. I'm doing is <laughs> what I'm doing is focus on belonging. And I've been doing this a long time. But but so but I know that if I start doing all the things that everybody wants me to do, it's going to lower the impact that I need yes. to really get to. So so that's critical uh, pieces. Don't 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 spread yourself. Focus on the future. If an ERG is what your company needs then focus on building an ERG and focus with just one or two ERGs. Also, last thing is think about it from how things intersect. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we focus black, white, gender, male, female, or how you identify as gender, uh, uh, whatever those categories are. Begin to think about intersectality and how that really impacts. You will have greater impact when you intersect things together and mm-hmm. greater data to show the why. So think about it from that angle as well. All right. Well, thank you very much, Andre Nellums. Thanks for being with us. And how can we get in touch with you? So all these listeners out here who've heard all these awesome tips you've given, how can they keep up with you and get into contact? So the best way is through LinkedIn. I mm-hmm. am an avid LinkedIn user in terms of that. You go on my LinkedIn page and you'll see I post things all the time of my opinion, <laughs> um, uh, particularly around uh, spaces of how to show up and what to do. But if you want to get in contact with me or talk to me more, I am open to that. Uh, I love this space. Uh, and so reach out reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh, Andre Nellums, and I will um, uh, respond and, and happy to engage. All right. Fantastic. And we will be sure to add that information to our show notes. So once again, Andre Nellums, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This was awesome. And thank you everyone out there who's listening, who's watching or engaging in any other way. We're so glad that you tuned into this week's episode of the Uplifting Impact podcast. We need more people to help us uplift the impact. And in order to do so, please be sure to share this episode, comment on it, by going to our website at upliftingimpact.com or provide your thoughts directly to us through our LinkedIn page at Uplifting Impact, looking for Justin Ponder or Deanna Singh. Until next week, keep uplifting the impact.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.